In this episode of The Lock-In, I speak with Barry Chapman. Barry Chapman may not be a familiar name, but he was the driving force behind Triple J, Australia's national youth radio network and Channel V music television that launched some of Australia's biggest bands. Barry now lives in Spain during the winter and Scotland during the summer. I spoke to him about his escape from Spain, driving through three countries before the state of emergency kicked in. He also gives some tips for musicians and creativity in these times. Barry's my wife's former boss, so you'll hear her in this episode too. I'm Brett Farrell, and this is The Lock-In. G'day, Barry. How are you? I'm good, Brett. Yourself? Oh, a little bit nervous, if I'm honest. A little bit nervous. I'm talking to the godfather of Triple J. <laughs> on my little podcast. Uh, right. Feeling a bit nervous, but that's okay. I think there are other reasons in the world to be nervous at the moment, and that is definitely not one of them. <laughs> yeah, you, you never got my demo tape. I never, you never, never got it back in the day. I don't know what happened with that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's fine. Um, yeah, Loretta told me a story, Barry, about, you, you know, if I can put it simply, escaping Spain, driving through what three countries to get yeah basically yeah uh, yeah basically we you know in winter we uh, live in spain and uh which we've done for the last oh i don't know eight or nine years probably and uh on on uh, friday before last uh i was up at the golf club and they they announced the state of emergency and i went ah I know what's coming next. It'll only be a, it'll only be a period of time before they lock the borders, and you can't get out. And yeah. we were due to come home to a wedding, anyway, the following week. But I said to Janice when I got home from golf, I think we should go, go tomorrow. So we set about we set about getting the house cleared and cleaned and set and and leaving. We finally uh, got in the car about five o'clock on the Saturday afternoon. And uh, we drove up to the to the next village. We planned to stay in a place called Marira, which is sort of halfway between uh, Valencia and Alicante. Yeah. And we were up at a small town called Taylada, and Janice was going into the supermarket to get some supplies for the trip. And I was listening to the radio. There's a, there's a couple of good English-speaking radio stations there, so it's easy to get some information. And uh, the news was on, and they'd just moved from state of emergency to state of alarm. And I said to Janice, uh-oh. We could be in trouble because they're bringing out the military. Oh my god! They're going to lock down the country. Wow! Now we had no idea what that meant at that point in time, other than you know the 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 inevitable was you know countries were closing their borders and what have you, and uh, we thought, oh, let's make a run for it. So uh, we did. I mean, I you know I don't think they would have stopped us. Yeah. But uh, certainly. Three days later, the border at, at Catalonia into France was closed. We went via the, the west coast up through uh, Zaragoza and uh, into Biarritz and up the west coast of France. But it was it was quite it was quite fascinating to to see two countries that were really uh, taking it quite seriously. You know, the restaurants, the bars, the shops, everything was closed, and uh, there was a you know they were enacting their state of emergency. And then to get to the UK, you know, 24, 36 hours later and to see a country that looked like anything was happening at all. The, you know, the, uh, 
the the roadhouse cafes and uh, petrol stations and all that sort of stuff, traffic on the road, cars everywhere, people going about their lives, pubs full, restaurants yeah. full. What was it? A it state was of just den- a complete and utter contrast. But was it a state of denial that you found in the UK, or just or was it something else? Well, I I've, I kind of hold the view uh, that there's there has there has been a kind of state of denial. I think in the last week they've come to realise and understand the science. Uh, rather than listen to the politicians, as it were. And I, I think the situation has been similar, UK, USA and Australia. If you look at the three, uh, they've sort of taken this attitude of, you know, while the public's got to be responsible, where the European attitude is, no, we're shutting down. And, you you know, you'll get fined if you go outside. In Marira, where we stay, one of our friends down there uh, said to said into a, in a WhatsApp to Janice, said it was just like wartime. Without the war. But what's, it, said, but know, what's it like when you're sitting there? You're sitting in Spain, you've finished a round of golf, probably playing the 19th hole. What's yep. it like when you hear that? How, how does it come through? Well, you know, first of all, I th- you know, everybody's on their phones and, you know, trying to get information they can. And, you know, the, the group of people that I play golf with, they're a mix of expats who come down for the winter like me and a lot of expats who've lived there full time. And so those that are going home are kind of now all what's going on and the others that are there are going, we just got to find out what's going to happen to us. Very different though. Uh, one of the things that was fascinating is that I was in the supermarkets, you know, hours after the state of emergency had been called. Uh, and again, Janice was on the, the next day. No panic buying, no, no, no large queues, no stupidity. No, people just going about their lives, buying their food. Yes, the shelves in some places were a little bit bare, but not 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 a sense of panic or whatever else. Well, how does that and compare to what of, you may have seen about the Australian reaction? In context, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't understand the uh, the lust for toilet rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, over here they say Australians are full of shit anyway, but this is kind of. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to take it to the extreme. Well, maybe that answers the question for you. And was it the same when you went through France, or was it just like driving on a motorway through the night, no, nothing really to see? Uh, we, 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 we drove through the day uh, in, in France. The traffic was a lot less. Uh, the, the roadside uh, cafes uh, were closed, but, the, you know, the big service stations we're still serving uh, takeaway food and takeaway coffees and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but a, a very, very different environment when you went into those places, a lot more lot, lot quieter and, you know, just I think most people, because it was a Sunday, people wanted to get home Yeah. Uh, from, uh, from the, down in the southwest to where they go. It was exciting watching you uh, escape from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it had its moments. I mean, you know, I... I I was only ever concerned that they'd stop us and send us back in the early stages, you know, but uh, I'd kind of figured out, well, I'd, was, I wasn't going to tell them that we had a house or we lived there, <laughs> that we were just on holiday. We were in the camper or we were on holidays, so we were homeless. But it never came to that, you know. But for us, it was just about getting back before it got worse. That was the, that was my, my feeling, you know. I'd been, I'd been watching it and it was kind of like I don't, you know, France, France and Spain were in far worse condition, and getting there far quick, far more quickly than the UK was at that point in time. So it was like you know, best of best of all worlds, and 
here where we live in Scotland, we know we're, we're in a small community, it's only 2,000, 2,500 people. There's a kind of isolation in it anyway. <coughs> a lot of Northern Europe goes south in winter. They call them the snowbirds. They're kind of like the same in the US. You know, they go to Florida. Just get away from the winter and, uh, and enjoy an outdoor life in summer. It's in winter down there. It's like it's kind of like Gold Coast in uh, in winter. It's got that same, you know, high teens, low twenties kind of very sunny days. Lovely lifestyle, you know. Sit in the sun, get sunburned, have a good time. <laughs> Interesting. I got a uh, I got an email last night from one of the guys that I was with on the Friday before last when we decided to go. And he wasn't due to leave until the Monday, uh, but they were catching a ferry out of Bilbao to Portsmouth. We drove up through France. You can, there's two ways you can go. We just don't like taking our dogs on the ferries. But uh, so they got up there and they were then basically confined to cabin for the next uh, 30 hours in the ferry. Uh, that was it. They got on straight to the cabin. That's all. You know, you're here. He said it was uh, <laughs> it was not not one of their favourite trips, but it got them home. Of course, you know they get off the get off the ferry, and then they got another four hundred and seventy miles to run to get home for five hundred miles. So it's, it's fun. Mother's Day in the UK at the moment. So what's the yep. the vibe with with people? We spoke to um, Alan Jenkins last night, and um, you know he had as a ninety eight year old mother he can't see, and he's got a daughter in isolation who won't see him. Is there, yeah. what, what's the vibe up there? I think it's just one of, I won't say people are confused. Uh, I think it's just, it's a strange feeling. It's, hard, it's, it's, it's like nothing you've ever lived before in your life. And you, 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 there's just, there's no knowing in it, if you know what I mean. There's, there's a silent enemy out there that might or might not affect you. And, uh, and, a certain percentage of the population at this point in time we don't really care. Uh, the vast majority do, but it, it, as you can see, I mean, you just got to look at the stats of how this thing multiplies and what it does and how quickly it can move uh, to say, well, you know, we're, we're not Italy or China or, or whatever yet, but we're a week away from it. It's moving that fast. So I don't know. It's I think it's just you know you've got to do the best you can. I mean they're doing, they're doing crazy things like you know the supermarkets here now have gone eight o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock. You know for the for the elderly, you know me, <laughs> and it's kind of and I and I go that'll be the most busy time because the town's full of old folk. <laughs> so you're fighting for that loo paper. <laughs> well, yes, there is that. I mean, I, I, don't, I still don't get the fascination. I've just, you know, it's it's not a it's not a viral disease in the main that affects yeah. affects your stomach or your bowels. But no. And where are you now, Scotland? We're in Scotland. We're uh, about uh, twenty five miles east of Edinburgh on the on the coast. Beautiful part of the world. I sit uh, looking out over the Muirfield Golf Course, where the British <laughs> Open's played, out at the across the sea. There's, uh, there's three uh, uh, cruise ships empty just, with just skeleton up crews sitting in the harbour <laughs> waiting to figure out where they're going next and uh, a country in lockdown. And, but and, you would, sometimes you, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. I, I was out walking the dogs as I do 
because I've got all this beautiful land out in front of me, sand dunes and forest and what have you, the beach. And normally, you know, you see a few dog walkers. The beach yesterday was full of people. So everybody kind of at a great distance to each other. But, you know, here it's, where are we? We're end of March. It's still bloody cold. I mean, yeah. yesterday was probably about six or seven degrees with a cold easterly wind, but there were still people everywhere. Well, we had that so, in Sydney as well. You may have seen Bondi went a bit mad as well. Sydney's yeah, been closed yeah. down now. Did you hear that? Sydney's been closed down. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw the photos. I saw the stories. You know, it, and it's happening, and people are just not believing. Uh, I think at this point in time, what what the reality is, and you know, all, all I say to people is, look at what's happening in Italy. Yeah. If you want to be, if you if you want to be, uh, if you want to understand, you get some concept. You know, another eight hundred and seventy people died last yesterday. Oh my God! There, it's just, it's just horrendous, you know. You know, and one of and the uh, journalists from the Sydney Morning Herald this afternoon stuck a photo up on Twitter, uh, the Coogee Bay Hotel, which was just heaving with tourists and people sitting in the yeah. beer garden in the sun, having a lovely old time. Yeah. Well, there's a degree of selfishness about it. I think you know the 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 concern is that if you're younger, it's not going to have a, a great effect on you, just like in a cold or whatever else, and you'll recover. Yeah. But you know, if you want to infect you, your your elders and your and those that are with underlying conditions and what have you, you know, you're going to cause an absolute drama. Yeah. And uh, th- that's the selfishness I see of saying, "Well, I'm all right, Jack. You know, I'll be fine. We're not we're not going to worry about you." And what was you know, the, if you, sorry? What was the Spanish reaction like? Um, it just. You know, they're concerned. They're you know obviously really concerned, and then Spain has gone crazy. In the last week as well, uh, oh, crazy! What does but, that look like? Well, just in, in terms of the numbers of people infected and the number of people dying, and and the process that's gone on there. Spain's got the biggest uh, civil police force probably anywhere in Europe. There's three levels of police there, so they're really tight on their lockdowns. And you know, you can't go out of the house without your letter. You can only go out as one person. You can't walk the streets. Uh, you can only go to the supermarket or you can only go to the pharmacy or you can only go to the doctor uh, kind of approach and they're really strict about it. So, but the people accept that. It, you know, that, that's, my, uh, that's my reading of what's going on there. The people are much more accepting. Yeah. You know, uh, where we stay, Mariah is a, a summer resort. Yeah. A beautiful little town with a Moorish castle and what have you. And, you know, the beach at this time of the year, because the temperatures will be in the low mid-20s, you know, you, you could see fifteen thousand people on the beach. There is no one. And what's it like? In, but what's it like in Scotland to compare? Well, as I say, yesterday on the beach here, huge beaches at Gullen, but you know, there's probably a thousand people on the beach. You know, across the day, walking around, doing what have you. Is is, is that a, uh, is that? Do you see that as more a denial, like you notice driving through England? I still think that there's a, a fair degree of denial in this country. I mean, you know, the people having corona, corona parties and God knows whatever else is kind of like, hello, <laughs> testing, yeah. testing. Any, anyone there. But um, so what, yeah. is it, what does the future look like for you at the moment, Barry? Well, at the moment I'm in that, uh, that wonderful group that they've, they've isolated the over-70s. <laughs> and uh, for, the, for those we, listening we, along at home, Barry doesn't look over seventy by a long shot. We, we we have been uh, we have been told that we should stay and be isolated for the next twelve weeks. Are you right? intro- are you no introverted, risks. Barry, or are you more an extrovert? 
oh, I'm probably more the extrovert. But, you know, you kind of look at it and go, well, what's the point of taking the chance, really? Uh, you know, tw- 12 weeks is – the irony is I, I did my Achilles last year and I was, I was isolated here at home for two months anyway. So you get to relive so, all that again. Uh, Sorry, you get to relive all that again another twelve weeks. Yeah, indoors. so it's, it's not as though I'm not. I've, I haven't been through it before. And as someone said, you know, all they're doing is asking us to sit on a couch. They're not asking us to go to war. Yeah. <laughs> so you sound like a bit of an expert with the Achilles injury and now this again. What are your top tips for surviving indoors for an extended period of time? Oh, basically, just get involved in in your life. I mean, the the, the beauty of life now is as we're doing, we're talking online. You know, I've been. Keep speaking to people. Just have the conversations. Uh, I read a lot anyway. I'm I'm curious about what's going on with this, and 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 watch it quite uh, quite strongly. I suppose probably probably more so than most. You know, I read the papers. I look at the what have you see what the politicians are saying. Uh, we're also we're also directly affected from uh, from a business standpoint. Even though we don't uh, fully own the business anymore, I sold it to the staff about three years ago. But we built uh, a holiday rental business. You know, we managed about ninety properties in this area. It's only a small area. You know, you're talking about population of probably no more than the two two towns that we look after. Probably no more than nine thousand people. But we managed ninety properties, and last year the business uh, booked probably close to a million pounds in holidays. This year, in the last Three weeks, it's been decimated. I mean, you we were seeing 30, 40, 50 cancellations a day. Uh, a day, you're seeing a business going from absolutely successful, beautifully run by the you know, Graham and Caroline, the two that are these days, uh, to absolutely looking at devastation, no, no income. Uh, and of course, it's a seasonal business. It's a summer-based business, even though it does rentals across the rest of the year, but it probably does 60 65% of its, its business in uh, two and a half, three months. And so its cash flow now is not great anyway. You know, it, it makes its money in summer and survives through the winter and uh, to come back to the summer. So it survived the winter, as it's always done. Uh, still has a little bit of cash in hand, but, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, four staff, what's going to happen can't pay them, can't pay the rent. We've already spoken to the bank and taken a, a holiday on the mortgage intra, uh, the mortgage capital repayments. Fortunately, the government came out last week and uh, are going to support workers and do all that sort of stuff. Mate, I think made some fairly uh, aggressive moves to look after people. 80% of wages for, for people on uh, who pay their tax and do all that sort of stuff, stuff like that. So but boy, oh boy, I can tell you on uh, on Thursday, we were sitting there just looking at sheer devastation of a business with no no idea when it was going to come back. And you see you see 15 years of work just going oh. down the toilet. What does that look like for the future for you, though, when we get through the other side of this? Well, we're, we'll be all right, uh, I think, on the other side of it because North Berwick, uh, uh, along, the, along the way here, four miles away, has been a tourist destination for families in Scotland predominantly for the last 200 years. And so every year, mum, dad, the grandkids, uh, the, the grandparents and the kids, they all come down for their week's holiday, maybe two, uh, and sit by the beach and play golf and visit the islands and, and do all the kind of stuff that you do there. So really, it's a, it's a wonderful place for kids. So uh, that'll all come back. But speaking of industries that are likely to be 
really decimated. What we, let me put your music industry hat back on again for for a bit. What's what's the music industry going to look like? Uh, you're talking decimation for them as well. It's kind of, you know, every, every outlet of, that a musician had to earn money is basically gone. And the the problem that's faced for all self-employed people is governments have real problems coming to term with the self-employed. You know, if, if they've got them on the tax register as a, you know, as a, pay, a PAYE earner, then life's easy. They can, they can, they can pay and, and do all that sort of stuff. But if you're a musician, my God, it's, you know, what do I do next other than get paid the doll and uh, try and survive the period of time? That's all, all, all they can do. So if, if you're the big act, you're not making your millions, but I'd be more concerned about, you know, the little folk who play the guitar in the, in the cafe or the restaurant and all that sort of stuff. But do you, do you think the, the radio industries and uh, I guess other places where you can hear music have got a job to do here to help support artists, at least in terms of promoting yeah, creativity? Yeah, well, I mean, I've always believed that. That's, you know, Now more than ever. It's been, been a strong platform of mine for as long as I've been in media, support local artists. Uh, radio in Australia has never been, uh, outside of Triple J and the community operators, has never been one that you'd say has been fully behind the Australian music industry. You know, they cherry pick the, the top end of it. If you're a, if you're a, an emerging musician, it's hard. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. And you know, I feel for them right now because you know they're, they're losing their livelihood, and in the face of it, they're not. They don't have the support on the other side. Do you have any comment about the the uh, entertainment industry more broadly? Well, I think it's got it's got the same problem as you know a lot of other industries. It's how how you get through this, and you know, for, for the big companies, uh, they've got to be smarter about what they do. You know, they just I mean, in this day and age, the problem is that too many businesses are run on a financial at solely a financial basis. There's very little heart and soul to them. And the moment anything goes wrong, it's cut costs. And when you cut costs, you cut people. There's no, there's, these days, the most business are pared down to such a level anyway that they cut uh, they cut heads. And that's that's why I kept uh, saying to people when Brexit was on, for example. You know, the, <laughs> oh, yes. the, the implication is if your product is now going to be more expensive than Europe than it was before, there's only one, one thing you can do, and that's cut your costs to be competitive. So you cut your costs. How are you going to get your margin? You're going to fire people. And so yeah. the, the massive impact and import of something like Brexit like this is people lose their jobs, you know, and then it's up to government and business to support them. And, and how are you? How are your family there? You okay? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. I mean, yeah, as you can hear, I'm as aggressive and as uh, and positive as I always am. I don't, uh, I don't dwell on, on things too much, just, you know, get on with my life and, you know, enjoy what I do. It's you know, yeah. the, the the phrase that uh, has been a portion to me uh, along the way is "You'll never die wondering." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of people who will never die wondering, what advice do you think you've got for, I guess, this next generation of creative people? How how can they, what can they do on the other side of this or through this? Just, I mean, the technology is there understanding what the opportunities are there to take advantage of it. You know, the, the, the ability to self-publish and self-record and do all those things uh, and, and use the technology now 
is, is more critical than it's ever been, I think. And, and it's more, more successful than it's ever been. It's just people just need to, need to see the business side of how all that works as well as the creative side. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that to me, you know, we go, go back, you know, back in the, in the, in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, I was the chairman of Oz Music. Uh, and it was an educational foundation that was originally set up during the Labor governments of uh, the 80s. And its whole purpose was to educate people, not just in music, but in the business of music. And understanding the business of music meant you understood business. And uh, for, for a lot of people who choose to take a profession, like a musician or something to do with the arts, uh, understanding that it's not an easy path. It's, it's, it's a lovely job. Yeah. But it's not an easy path. Is a, is a, is is the real point? I always just say to people: first thing I tell you is go and buy a lottery ticket, because if you're a songwriter, you've got more chance of winning a lottery than you've got of having a hit record. <laughs> Barry, I've spent the last twenty <laughs> years working alongside songwriters, and uh, some some have been Grammy winning, some have just tried and failed. But the one thing that's universal is they all struggle with the whole business side of their careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, there's a there's a denial. That, that you have to embrace, you you, you want to get you're not you're not doing it just for your art. And most you know those who are successful and have money can do it for their art. But those who are not successful have got to understand the business side of it, or they're never going to be able to really do their art properly. You know. Yeah. Now, I look. I, I just wish people well, and you know, be safe. Uh, the risk the risk at this point in time is not worth trying to outrun it because you don't know what it is you're actually outrunning and uh you know we're being asked to be isolated for a period of time gee life could be a lot harder than that but look you've you you, i mean you uh, you and brett like so many others are just there's the beauty of technology allows us to do all this to have the conversations. I always say to people, you know, people go, oh, you're on Facebook. And I go, yeah. I say, I know more about what my friends in Australia do now than I ever did when I was there, you know. And and I see that as a good thing. Yeah, there's bad parts of it. There's, you know, there's the rubbish that goes with it. But in the main, I think it's a good thing. And I think that's the beauty of today is we've got the technology uh, at our fingertips. Now, in some places, the technology is better than others. I mean, I'm sitting here in a little town of, you know, two and a half thousand people and I've got 70 megabits per second of internet and you've probably got two. <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. It's crazy. Barry, we'll give you your morning back. Thank you so much for just talking with <laughs> no us problem. on the lock-in because we're all locked in together. So we might as well share our stories and just get, get uh, keep each other company in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely, bro. I'm Brett Farrell, and this is The Lock-In.